Hello, hello. This is Angela Valenti Romeo, and here we are at Colliding Worlds. You can follow us on iTunes. You can follow us on my YouTube channel. You can find us on Facebook. We're just kind of all over the place. And again, we're trying to bring you something interesting and different and fun. And I have somebody who's fun. I really come to really like this woman. This is Don Gilliam, and she is everything. She's a, you've done, I mean, she's got two businesses. We'll talk about both. One is called The Art of Continuity for those of you who are into the film business. And she has this new product called Date My Makeup, which are labels that help you decide when you should get rid of some things because we all hold on to this stuff and it's not good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> thank you, Angela. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, thank you for your kind words. Yes, I have two businesses. Uh, I'm using both sides of my brain. One is very logical and filmmaking and very linear. And then the other one is very creative uh, with a great purpose. But both of those things are very creative. And you've been in the entertainment business in some form or another since you were a child. Mm. <laughs> Yes, I started. Well, actually, the first time that I appeared on television was in Bangkok, Thailand, dancing. My father was in the Air Force and um, we were over there and another uh, American uh, family. They had boys and one girl and the guys played in a band. So we were their dancers. So that's the first time I've ever appeared on television. Was in Thai and I was 11 years old. Oh, my and goodness. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, came, I don't know. It's, you know, I was always a cheerleader. You know, I had older brothers. And so I was always the cheerleader. And when I went to college, my college um, counselor, kind of our sponsor that took care of the cheerleader said that you need to be a professional cheerleader. So, and, and the people from the Rams were here like a couple of months ago. And so I'm going to reach out and see if they have cheerleaders. And lo and behold, the first year that they had cheerleaders for the Los Angeles Rams, I went out and I made it. And there's 28 of us that were original Los Angeles Ram cheerleaders. I think that's, it's kind of like a wild thing when you think about it, but it's, it's a weird little jumping point for a career cheerleader. And there, there were people who were on that team who went on um jenny lee harris i think she yeah. went on to three's company abalonia, abalonia I mean, is is uh patty catero is abalonia princess uh abalonia yeah oh my and god she, she was always beautiful, beautiful. she always. was beautiful she was ooh, she was a, a a beautiful woman and she's actually really good inside she's so sweet you know, when the outside is pretty and the inside is kind of icky, it's not pretty oh, yeah. overall. You know, I, I just I just never found that to be an attractive quality in people. But that must have been interesting. You know, as, as a child, um, being in the your, your parent, your dad in the service, you traveled a little bit. Was it hard to, you know, make friends or make connections with people or? I think that like. It's interesting that there are a lot of military kids in the in, in the industry. And I think it's because we're like a traveling circus show. You pack up and you go to a new city or you go to, on a new project and you just meet completely different new people. You That skill of learning how to adapt in your environment, I think, is the biggest thing that I learned um, from being a military kid. I think that the traveling that we, I got to do, because my father, I was 11 years old. Well, one, I was born in Spain. 
Then they came back and my parents were bilingual. Of course, they stopped speaking to us, but, you know, my parents are bilingual and um, we were in California, but I was 11 years old when we really started traveling to uh, Thailand, Okinawa, um, Grand Forks, North Dakota, and then Mm -mm. Turkey. I know. I was like, I don't do cold. I I, I learned cold. I (laughs) I know cold. I don't do cold no more. I gotta tell you, I'm the I'm the only idiot I know who gets a boyfriend who lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and everybody goes away for Christmas vacation to someplace warm. I'm in Sioux Falls, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's warm! It's negative 20. I'm like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> it's just not my thing." It's a different type of living. My younger brother lo- loved it, and he's been up in Minnesota. He went to school there, and he's been up there for forty some odd years. And I think I visited him twice. You know, so my, my brother, my brother lived in Minnesota. I said, "Yeah, there's a this is little frame of window that I will come and visit you." Exactly. The so first two weeks in September. After that, I'm done. You know, but it's funny you say that in the entertainment because I'm thinking one of my friends, Ron Greenup, is an entertainer, and he was a military child. He traveled around the world, and the um, America comes to mind. Every one of the members of that band were military. They were military kids and they all met and formed a group. It, it's funny how there's a camaraderie that comes through with that, but it's interesting that they fall into entertainment. And I got to go back to your statement is you get used to, you have to make friends and you have to get out there and be personable. And it's hard when you're, you know, traveling all the time, but you did it. And, and then like I said, being a cheerleader at that time was novel because it was the, you know, the Dallas, Dallas starts this whole thing going yeah. and somebody the Rams and say, why don't we have cheerleaders? We have the most beautiful women in the world right here. And boom, there you are. Yeah. It was really interesting. It's like, for me, I've always been a cheerleader and I always could dance. I always said dancing was my natural talent. I can just dance. And so I just always remember I was 704 Number seven, and I remember watching everybody and like you had a line of judges and then they had this little stage that you walk up and then you walk down and at the end of it was the helmet and David Mears, may he rest in peace, he just passed this last year, um, He, the manager and the choreographer were sitting at the end. And so they were taking 75 people at a time and then they would announce who right then got for the next callback. And so I wa- I was afraid, I, I drank, I think a Coca-Cola or water. I was afraid to eat anything cause I didn't want to spill on myself. And so these ladies, cause a lot of them, you know, know Hollywood. So they come in in bathing suits and heels and the hair is, you know, out there, it's the uh, late seventies and all this makeup and stuff. And I just remember watching the whole time. And it's something that is a skill that I have as a script supervisor is observation. And I have a knack of seeing things that haven't been done. Not unbeknownst to me that I have this ability, you know, now I can look at as a script supervisor. Now I can look back and see, oh, okay, I've had this particular skill. So I go and I had made my little shorts. I had these br- uh, brown satin shorts and I had an applique of a butterfly on the back. And then I had this knitted kind of black knitted something, something and heels. And 
um, and then a little the bra, the matching bra underneath it, you know, kind of, you know, type of thing. So I remember walking up and one of the judges said, is that a butterfly on your, on your shorts? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I, just, I, I remember that. And then I remember going up, you do your little thing and then you walk down the steps. But when I got to the helmet, I did a cartwheel split and then I came up because I was a cheerleader. No one had did not one cheerleading thing up until that point, And I was number 704. Jeez. You got to think you're like you said, you got all these models and everybody's used to, you know, putting on their swimsuit, walking with their heels, which was a skill that I had to learn because my mother always said, I had broken my ankle and had a pin put in it when I was in high school. And my mom said, you'll never be able to wear heels. Oh, I'm like, okay. So here I am taught, you know, but there's something you've got to, you've got to own it. And, and as an actor, you have to learn to make a choice. And obviously when you're trying out for something to stand out in the crowd, you have to make a choice and you made a good choice because they chose you. Yeah. How long did you do it for? I did that first year and then I took a year off and then I came back for like three or three or four more years. And in the meantime, you know, you just learn, you do things, you know, that was my life, you know, for the longest. But it's kind of a cool thing. It's a great, it's like being, I have friends who are playboy bunnies. Yeah. And they, they talk about, mm-hmm. they talk about the mansion, you know, and, uh, it, it's funny when you, you know, I know people and I had friends who worked at the mansion and it's, it's a memory. It's something, you know, no one can take it away from you. It, it's, yeah. it's yours. Mm-hmm. And that, it, it, it's also, it's a great icebreaker if you ever needed one, but I don't think you need one. <laughs> <laughs> I have to sometimes remember, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, unless I'm, I forgot I'm, about that. Mm-hmm. But, but well, you do so much, but it is a starting point. You start off as an 11 year old dancing in a foreign country. <laughs> you know, hey, yeah, not too many people do that. You move on to do something, become something that's iconic. And, you know, these cheerleaders are iconic now. They're, they're very much a part of the game. It's changed. I mean, the uniforms have changed and the way they, you know, how they perceived. And I know there's all kinds of codes and what they can do and what they can't do. And, it, it's like combined sometimes when I read about it, it reminds me of the old town, you know, like we're going to teach you how to walk, talk, what to wear, what to say, and what you can't do. And there was, there's something, there's something cool about that. You know, you're grooming people for something, but I think they groom you for something bigger than what you're doing right now. And, I and can it, say that the ladies, like I was 18, but there were ladies in there that were like 30, you know, they were a little uh, bit older than me. And uh, they're still most of, I think, the originals, I think out of the 28, 26 of us are still around. And um, they look, they look good. It's a thing. You know, they, you, you just, you just look good. <laughs> and hey. I do believe this year they're going to be the Rams game. I want to say it's either the Christmas game or after that, they will be having all of the uh, past and present Rams cheerleaders performing. Um, I had an opportunity to go, but I'm good. I'd rather. This could be a project for us. We could do a documentary about where, where, where they started. 
Because you know, so people are lawyers and just you know business owners, and you know the the they really did a lot of people have accomplished a lot of, uh, of things. And like I said, it, it's a certain click, you know, it's a click. But that's but that's a good thing. It, there's something about bonding within something. Like you said, you you know, being a child of the military, you bonded with others. It took you to move on. You you belong to this group. You bond with it. You. And that's kind of a good thing to have. You can always go back to it. I, you know, I, I think that that's a wonderful thing. But what it does do, and it seems to me, looking at everything you've done and where you've gone, it gave you confidence to, to march forward. You know, you, you went into the entertainment business, which is not for the faint of heart, despite what everybody thinks. Not everybody can be an actor. Not everybody can be a model. Not everybody can be below the line work. It's, it's it's not that easy, and you were an actor, and you still act, I believe. Yeah. And, but but you do a lot of you know. It's a below the line job called script supervisor, and it's a really key position in that business. And I am one of those people who stay to watch a movie. I wait until they turn the lights on and they push me out the door because I want to see the credits. The last Mission Impossible movie employed over 10,000 people. And I recognize some names. When I lived in Northern Cal, Lucas and Industrial Light and Magic, you know, you'd stay to the end because you friends were going to be a part of it. There's so much that goes into a project. and again, it's kind of like people think, okay, there's an actor, like throw them a script and that's it. They get out there, they read it, somebody films it. You don't see what's going behind there. I mean, people are aware of makeup people because they get an Academy Award. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The rest of the people don't get an Academy Award. So exactly. talk about that. I mean, being a script supervisor, I mean, you, you're an actor, so you know how important all these things are. And what made you decide to roll into that particular thankless job? Well, I, like I said, I started out as talent. And so through the opportunities as a Rams cheerleader, I like found out that I can be in front of the camera. And um, so, you know, you take class and you do what it is that you're trying to to do. And so then um, I did that for about 12 to 14 years and I'm very creative and I just started getting bored, even though I was working. And I was like, if I take one more picture, you know, I just was like, I, I've always been more of a deep person, as you could say. And to me, the pictures, you know, like I could put a package together, you know, to do whatever and appear to be like, however I need to, to appear like. But as I started looking around, I liked being on the set. And so I do like the camera. I have composition and everything, but I did not want to carry all of that equipment. They carry a whole lot of equipment. And so I just did not want to do that. And so um, I asked a lady, you know, what do you do? She says, I'm like the secretary on the set. I'm old school secretary. I, my, when I went to school, they said, learn to type and be a secretary. And that's what I did. So I have all the secretarial skills. So I went to the library, picked up a book, started reading it and finding out that I was paying attention. I just didn't know what things were called. And so I just kind of started, this was in 1989. And so I just started making that transition and I did my first uh, student film, um, January, 1990. 
And then, you know, I kind of started from the book just, and then from whatever I knew being on set, and then I was still working on set. Um, and so I would just ask questions, that type of a thing. Met um, John Singleton. And what I did was uh, when I decided in January that I'm going to be this trainee script supervisor, I sent out a notice. And back then in 89, you used to take your eight by tens and make them into business cards. So I took, you know how you like can tear, you know, you see the the little one ads and then they have the little tearing thing at the, you know, you just tear a little piece off. Well, I did that and sent it to UCLA Film School, USC Film School and AFI. And so John Singleton, I guess, tore it off in like about May, he asked me to come do a music video or something. I don't know, I came, I, remember, I don't even think he took my notes. And about a month later, I started to do, I said, let me go on and take a course. Cause I believe in, you should know the basics to all, whatever it is that you're going to do. There's always basics. And so I was taking a course and then about a month later, maybe six weeks later, I get a call to come and interview for boys in a hood. And I got it. I, I got That's it. great. Yeah. Right. I got it. And she's so cavalier about it. <laughs> You know, who knew? Well, at the time, you know, you didn't know what it was going to be. And um, they did allow a lot of young, new, inexperienced people to do the different positions. They had um, experienced department heads, but this was a time to let in fresh new blood. And it was on both sides of the camera because you had... um, Ice Cube, uh, Regina King, uh, Angela Bassett, Lawrence Fishburne, Cuba Goodie, all these people. Besides Lawrence, I think Lawrence is really the num- was number one on the call sheet. And so everyone was kind of sort of known, or maybe Angela might have been a little bit, but not really. This was the breakout even for them. It was the breakout for behind the scene, the, the talent behind the scenes. But you have to start somewhere. And and the key thing you said was you were always asking questions and looking around and trying to learn. Um, What I find really upsetting is people just want to, they think it's going to be handed to them. And Mm -hmm. you can't do that. And even I've moved from in, in front of the camera to, you know, behind the camera. And I do a little bit of both. But like you, the the key always was, was ask the question. And most people will answer your question. There are very few times where someone will say no. And if they say no, it's because there's a crisis happening right there that's costing somebody money and they have no time right now. I've never had anybody when I've asked them, can I follow you around? Can I shadow you? Can I ask you a question? Say no. Um, in it, it's, it, you open your mouth, you ask, and then you learn. And then you, like you did, you went and you, you gained that knowledge. Um, you went, you got a book, you, you, t- you took a class, you did, you did everything right to let you get to this next step. But you, you have to have initiative. And that's what's cool about you. You have initiative. You, you did it. You didn't sit there and go, hey, I'm here. Somebody give me this. Unfortunately, it 